0: Hey guys, can you do me a quick favor? And before we continue on to the episode in the show description, I am looking for best ways that you guys would enjoy to support this podcast, whether that's doing a Patreon model, setting up a merchandise account, doing jujitsu videos, anything of that nature. I would greatly appreciate it. So there is a Google form that is down in the description below. If you guys could take that short survey for me, I would greatly appreciate it. That way I can either get you guys more episodes, because if I can find a way to support the podcast, I can get you guys more content. So anyway, thank you for that, and we'll get on to the episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill. Hopefully you guys are all having a good week and heading into the weekend. So today's topic, I wanna to talk about Jiu-Jitsu schools and curriculum. You know, Do I think every school should have a curriculum? You know, How detailed should it be? How organized should it be? What are the positives to curriculum? What are the negatives to curriculum? And I get this question a lot. I actually just got it the other day. Someone sent me a a DM because they were uh, thinking about starting to train jujitsu. And then they had seen some YouTube videos where one person was saying that, um, you know, in a marketing advertising thing that their school had curriculum and here's this. And, you know, they, they really enjoyed that. But then they went to check out another school and then they went in for like a trial class and they realized that there was no curriculum. They even asked, you know, do you guys have a, a written out detailed curriculum? And the instructor said, no, not really. We just have, you know, a basics and fundamentals. So all the, all the classes that are taught in this are the basics curriculum. And so it wasn't written out anywhere. And so they were just noticing the difference between several schools that some school had like a really detailed written out curriculum. You know, this is the stuff you need to know. This is what we deem as important versus the other school was kind of more, I guess you would call it go with the flow, you know, throw and stick kind of the old school method. So there are benefits and negatives to both. So I kind of wanted to give my take and opinion on that um, where where I'm at. So generally, I have kind of two parts of my curriculum take here. The first part that I will state, so that way you guys know that, is I generally think curriculum overall is more helpful than harmful i think having no curriculum and no guidance is more harmful than helpful now that doesn't like stay true necessarily through all of jujitsu but overall that is my statement um i think as you are newer to jujitsu like when you are brand new more curriculum is better and then as you start to get into your jiu-jitsu career the less the curriculum necessarily is better. So I think having too structured and too organized and too much control as you go through your jiu-jitsu journey, I think can be harmful and actually um, harmful is a weird word. It's not Nothing's ever harmful, but it can be um, progress diminishing. I think it could slow you down and all, and all of those things. So that's kind of kind of where, I'm going to operate this conversation from just kind of so that way you guys know where where I stay, and then I'll defend myself and then also counter myself as well too. So first, let's talk about why I think curriculum is usually better for newer people, um, and why having an organized and detailed curriculum is is better for newer people than than for more advanced people. So for newer people, I think curriculum is always going to be better because. They don't know what they don't know. You know, just like when you guys have a child, you have to really teach them everything. You have to filter the world through your vision and then try to place them in an environment that's going to best serve them. You know, you don't, you know, you're, it's your job to teach them about eating vegetables or eating greens or eating this kind of food or don't touch the stove because it's hot. They are children. And because of your experiences, you're able to convey some things that they will know. And as they're growing up, it's the same thing in the jiu-jitsu world that if you have no curriculum, you're basically allowing the student to decide what they need to know. And I think this often stems from, because a lot of times in jiu-jitsu, it's been known as an adult martial art that adults are adults and they can make decisions for themselves. And I don't like a grown man telling me what to do. And I hear that. And that's totally fine. I'm not saying like, if, he tells you, you know, you got to go outside and wash his truck and be, demi- and be humiliating to you and all, all of that. I'm not obviously saying to do that, but if you're signing up for a jiu-jitsu class, you're acknowledging that you don't know anything. So therefore you're now enrolling in a class and you have to do what the instructor says. It's the same thing as going to college and going to a professor in a university. I mean, like you, you are, you're in there to learn from an individual. So I don't buy That being an excuse for, usually I actually hear that from instructors. Instructors are like, well, I don't want to tell grown men what to do. I don't want to be the one, you know, they can decide for themselves. I'm just a vehicle for information. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's a pretty lazy excuse to not have curriculum in my opinion. So the idea of a curriculum, what the goal of it is, is that I can teach you in a succinct way, in an order, in a cohesion way of a program or a process that's gonna best convey that information to you. And 100%, if I could take a student and control every single class that they came to, and I could say, okay, class one, they're gonna learn this thing. Class two, they're gonna learn that thing. Class three, and so on and so forth, absolutely like a cohesive curriculum that follows an order like that would 100% be beneficial. Because let me give you an example. Could you imagine if the first time that you ever your first lesson that you walk into the gym, you learn some basic movements like some bridge and rolls, some shrimps, and you just kind of go over some basic jujitsu movements, and then you start learning the actual technique that uses all those movements right away from all the different positions. And then you learn how to escape using these kind of bump and shrimp movements. And then you get put into positions like the close guard or these other positions. And then you start going through the close guard and then you start seeing how the close guards effective or a guard. And you start to learn kind of attacks of what happens or, or sweeps. And now you learn about the Mount position because you are able to learn the sweep on how to get to the Mount. So you guys see what I'm saying? There's kind of like a path that's being built. Now, what will be debated, I think, till the end of time is, well, what should the first lesson be? What are the first things they should focus on? What are the things that they should do with that? And that's going to change over time. I think that's going to be debated. I mean, I have my own thoughts and views on on that, but that's a whole other podcast that could take like hours and stuff to to lay out every single lesson and every single thing. I kind of have a long-term project. I'm kind of trying to map out what that would look like if I had to teach somebody like that. And I had to have full control. And what are the lessons? What are the best order of techniques? And the problem with that is, is I kind of started that project several years ago. But as I continue to learn more myself, and I see other instructors teach new techniques or new curriculum, and it sometimes replaces the stuff that I had. So like, if I see a new way to do a trap and roll, or if I see a new way to do an elbow escape, or I see a new way to do like a solo movement that's extremely beneficial, it might replace something that I already have. Right. So it's, um, that's, that's my problem in that way. But anyway, that's a side topic or tangent. So when you have a curriculum, you can kind of control what people learn in a way that can benefit them. Now the problem becomes is like I just said there, that would be great if you could control everyone's learning in a succinct order like that. Like you could be able to be like, okay, I know when Jay comes into class, he's going to learn this move. And then the next day I could teach him this thing. But for most people, if you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on audible, Spotify, Apple podcasts, make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the Jiu-Jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. They don't get that luxury of being able to do private lessons like that, where you can learn in an order. They are coming to group class. So this is why a lot of schools don't have a curriculum is because it's very hard to teach in a curriculum based order. You know, like when you go, if you think about it, when you go back to school or you're in college and you know, the class is on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, a professor knows every single day that's taught, they know that this Monday's day one, this Wednesday's day two, this Wednesday's day three. So they can convey the lesson plan. In jujitsu, no one can do that. It's often people might come on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Some other people might come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Some other people might come Thursday and Saturday. Like you've got all different kinds of schedules. So being able to teach. A curriculum that follows like an order like that is, is very stressful because you can't be able to convey that. Like, how how are you able to do that? Now, the way that we do that at our school is we have what's called a rotating curriculum. So basically, we have 26 lessons and it's taught inside of a basics and fundamentals program. And so when, when we get done with class 26, we start back over at one. And because we have classes that are offered every day and it's a, you know, the days of the months are all different. So like the classes are going to continue to rotate. So if someone comes on Monday in a Wednesday, for example, they will eventually see all of the 26 classes because it, it just keeps rotating, and keeps repeating. Now this leads into the next conversation. Well, how do I program 26 classes or how do I program this amount of information or, or what techniques get put inside of that program. And that's tough. That's a great question. And, and it's very subjective based upon you as the jujitsu instructor or your jujitsu instructor, I'm not saying you personally have to decide that, but that is what your jujitsu instructor has to talk about. And this is something that me and my instructor talk about all the time. We're always looking at, Hey, when we're teaching this class, class three or something, you know, what are all the pieces that are taught? You know, we we'll, we're giving feedback to one another. My instructors are, Like, man, yeah, that class was kind of hard to teach. I saw everyone having these problems. And so we're continuously adapting and adding to that piece. So I've seen this be a huge benefit to brand new students because number one, even if they have seen uh, the classes multiple times, it's very beneficial because often when I get students who come in from other schools, they will say that a school had a Basics of Fundamentals program, but they only saw maybe a technique one time. And they never saw it again for a year or they never even saw it again at all. You know, some schools do what's called an all levels class. They don't even have a basics and fundamentals. So it's even more kind of throw and stick that way where, you know, you don't know what's being shown. You don't know um, when that technique is going to come up again. I have a, in our, in our program, we have things like mount escapes, guard sweeps, guard attacks, offense, defense. So at least the students will know, Hey, if they're having a hard time, even my blue belt students hey, I'm having a hard time at escaping the mount, I should probably come review the the elbow escape that's taught in the basics class. And the cool thing is is that we have a calendar and it forecasts all of the months and so they can see all the classes coming up so they're able to show up and, and be able to do the classes, right? So this is a great thing about the curriculum that's very structured. Now, here is the problem, or first, let me actually lay this part out is that is usually what we define as our um, as our basics curriculum. So like when we test for a blue belt or we have a student who's getting close to blue belt, they have to demonstrate that they have proficiency of that curriculum, right? So that's kind of how we know. Now, that's not the only way they have to do sparring time. They have to do advanced classes, but they have to demonstrate that they have an understanding of the basics of how we have it taught, right? So that's a way that we can we can measure that. But then once they get out of Blue Belt, now they're into the advanced program. And this is where you start to get into the problems because now you have um, blue to purple. Now you have purple to brown. Now you have brown to black, right? So now it becomes much harder to determine where a student should start to go or train or build a curriculum. Um, I've seen some people uh, try to say that they could build a curriculum from white to black belt, you know, once again, that whole control idea. But I think the problem that you're always going to run into is body size, body style, um, what students are naturally good at. I think those things can't be taken. Um, you, you can't predict those things on a timeline. So what we have done, though, with our curriculum for the basics of fundamentals is we pretty much know that any kind of body type of a person, big, small uh, weak or strong can benefit from basic things like the elbow escape from the mount shrimping arm lock from the guard. Um, some back mount attacks, some top attacks. They're, they're very generic. They're the, like I said, they're the fundamentals of jujitsu. But then what starts to happen is as you get into blue belt, you start to naturally, you're going to start to drift toward becoming more of an expert or a master. So, right. The goal should be when you think about it, when you become a black belt, the goal is that you're an expert. Now you're a master And any good expert or master has a some line of specialty or has a deeper knowledge of a specific incidence, right? Has a specific of a, of a specific area of focus. And so at blue belt, I'm a firm believer that this is where students are now starting to experiment. They're starting to figure out what they should do and what they should, um, what they like, and they're going to be trying things. They're going to be failing. And then around purple belt, they're starting to figure out. They've probably learned all this stuff and they're starting to pick what stuff really fits with them. And then brown belt, they're refining it. And then black belt, hopefully they're, they've are they become a master at it. So the this is where curriculum is a negative because if you now take a blue belt and you make them learn a curriculum, you have now potentially cut them off from exploring potentially new avenues for them to go down. So if I restrict students from, I don't know, not learning... Daily Hiva guard until you know, four stripes of their blue belt. Well, they may have found that a lot earlier and enjoyed that a lot more. And then by the time they became a black belt, now they're like a daily Hiva master. So, there's a um, I think a uh, negative to curriculum once they get to a certain skill level. Um, I was talking to somebody else who you know, they when I was explaining this idea with them, they kind of were like, oh. Well, that kind of makes a lot of sense because that's kind of what it's like whenever you're getting your master's or your PhD. Um, If you guys know how higher education works, I know each university and each program is, is different. So don't crucify me whenever I'm explaining this. But a lot of times when you're doing a master's program or you're doing a PhD, you usually have kind of a mentor, but they're not sitting there like telling you exactly everything to do you are bouncing ideas off them. They're kind of spot-checking you. You can go to them for advice or you can go to the, them for help, but they're not sitting over there just like controlling everything you're doing. It's really up to you. You're the one that's writing the the thesis or dissertation. You're the one that's doing the research. It's, it's your original thought. It's you uh, comprising and critical thinking and composing everything. And that's very much what the end of jujitsu looks like for a lot of students. And I think this is where we get kind of hung up in the jiu-jitsu world that we don't allow that. We try to control everything a lot of times versus um, allowing students to be exploration. And usually um, from an instructor standpoint, it comes from a good spot. So like, for example, I had a bad habit of doing this, especially when I was teaching as a purple or a brown belt, I would often see a student like do a technique that I had never taught them before or that one I didn't really do. And I would honestly kind of judge it. I would be like, man, that technique is trash that technique's not good. Like, man, that's terrible. And really I was coming from a a bias on my part because I just didn't know that technique and I hadn't really seen it. And so I was trying to say, because I don't know it and because I don't do it, therefore it is bad. So I was like trying to say, Hey, I don't know anything about that technique and it's not one that I would do. So I think it's, you shouldn't do it. And I was trying to come from a good place. But often how it came out was that it was just like, I was downplaying it and dogging it. And so that's not, that wasn't good. I shouldn't have done that. I've obviously learned from that and I don't do that anymore. But I think a lot of times that's where that control kind of happens from, we, we look at it from the idea of that we're trying to help, like, oh man, well, no, don't do those, don't make those mistakes, I'm gonna help. But honestly, it, it kind of gets different. Um, I still think you should still have a guide, like that's what your coach should be, they should be a guide. If you have a question about a technique, even if it's one that they don't do, they can still probably figure it out and kind of help you and provide insight and value. But it's a lot different if your coach is like, oh, don't do that. That's absolutely trash or terrible, right? So like, I don't play a lot of rubber guard or 10th planet stuff because I'm not flexible like that. But I understand as an instructor and an expert in the field that it has value. Obviously, Eddie Bravo is a freaking genius. He has students that have done very well. Um, They have proven that the things are effective and efficient. It's just if it's your up to your body style. So I'm not going to fault a student if they want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't want to um, uh, derail their exploration or their journey. I want to encourage them to do that. Now, like I said, if if, if they really want to go deep down the rabbit hole, I just may not be the school to that would be good for them. They might need to find a 10th plane at school or something if they want to continue down that path. But often that's a control thing on an instructor part. Now. Like I said, that's this kind of where I operate from Um, a lot of schools to kind of counter what I'm saying here about, you know, not enough curriculum or uh, too much curriculum. A lot of schools, the reason why they don't have the curriculum is because of all the problems I just stated out. Number one, um, it's very hard to give a curriculum because that means you have to be disciplined as an instructor and make sure that your students are teaching it and you have to have an effective uh, delivery system that all your students can understand what the expectations are and be able to get the information. And then you have to test. So it requires an actual structure on the, on the school and the instructor's part to run in order for it to be effective. So honestly, jujitsu guys are some of the laziest people that I've ever met, especially instructors. And so they just don't want to deal with the curriculum. They just want people to like go with the flow. And that's where the advice of just showing up happens because if you just show up, good things will happen. Yeah, they will, but it would also help if someone put a little bit more forethought into making this process faster and more effective and more efficient, right? So that is kind of where the pushback comes from. And then you would get some people that's a legitimate argument that would say it just uh, the exploration part, right? It's going to not encourage people to explore as much or as soon And so you're kind of restricting them to learning these things. But, you know, like I said, I look at jujitsu as a lifelong process, not just as a short-term process. So it's okay if I make them focus on a set core principles for a year or two, that's going to pay off a lot longer in their exploration journey. That's how I think about it in curriculum, right? So once again, this is all reasons why schools don't have curriculums. So you can just take what I said, the positive for curriculums and people will come up with counters and arguments and that's usually what they state. Personally, I think it's a lot of, because jujitsu is unorganized. Um, There's not really a uniformed way of doing it. Instructors just don't want to come up with an actual curriculum. They don't want to have a way of monitoring it or being able to keep up with it to make sure that their students know it. It's much easier just to show a technique and then promote people based upon purely mat time or how athletic or how good they look in a tournament. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's my thought on curriculum. If you guys have any questions or concerns. Uh, please always hit me up. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later.